a bar, a tin bar, in front of the fire once a week. And they used to do my hair up in rags. We didn't have any hair curlers then. And it was completely straight the next morning. So what, do, what were they actually like, the rags? Just just straight pieces of rag, which they rolled round and rolled up. And I had, all, as people have curls now, <laughs> I had them all over my head wraps. To try to make it curly night, and take them out, that's to make me curly. Take them out in the morning, and my hair was still straight. <laughs> it was that sort of hair. <laughs> Actually, we lived next door to a wood yard. We didn't have a garden, and we did, um, in November we didn't have a bonfire because we were afraid that they, we weren't allowed to because we might set light to the woodchurn yard and that wouldn't be very nice, would it? But we were allowed to have um, sparklers that you have in your hand and we also had Catherine wheels and things that go around. They were pinned on the back door, set a light and they went, and I was terrified because I always thought, this house is going up, you know, we're not supposed <laughs> to do this. <laughs> but now I'm still here to tell the tale. Outside our house, there was a hole in the ground with a, a metal top on top. And you'll never guess what went down there. The, 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 we used to have coal fires, and the coalman would, would arrive, and he'd take in a horse and cart, and he'd take the, thing, the sacks of coal off the cart and empty it down to this hole, and it went into a cellar down below where we inside could get the coal from. But rather than carry it through the house, it was delivered down outside in the street. We didn't have any cars in those days. I didn't see I don't remember seeing any car where in the road where we lived. Uh, but and most the, the milkman even used to come round on the horse and car. He had a big we used to go out to him with a jug and collect our milk that way. We didn't have bottled milk in those days. Um, we used to have a bag of bone man come round and he'd, uh, if you had any glass jars or rags uh, that you didn't want, instead of taking them to the charity stop, the rag of bone man had them. <coughs> and if you were lucky, you got a um, balloon or <laughs> a few coffers perhaps, but we were lucky if you got money, it was usually a balloon. Uh, I went, uh, we lived uh, in a road off quite a famous road, Portobello Road, mm -hmm. because they had a market there every day. And I went to Portobello Road School when I was old enough to go. But we didn't have school lunches like you have these days. We went home to lunch. At 12 o'clock, we had to be back by half past two, and we finished classes at half past four. And we were in an old girls' school, but the boys' schools was in the backers' house. We were sort of backed on to one another. We used to have to go round out to go in for house swiffery classes. We used to go swimming, but we didn't have a swimming pool on our own premises. We had to get in. Uh, formation and walk to the swimming bath and actually some people have 
there were private bars there. People could have a bath there if they wanted to, instead of having it in, the, in front of the fire at home. Um, when I was uh, 16, I left school, uh, and I always wanted to be a telephonist, oh. a GPO telephonist. But you, they didn't take you then until you were 18. But I think now they take you 14 if necessary. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what a telephonist is? Well, what's a telephonist? Uh, a telephone operator. In those days, the telephones had no dials. Yeah. You had to turn. You had on the side of your telephone. You had a handle. And you had to turn the handle, uh, and, the and it lit up a light in the exchange, and the operator picked up a plug off her desk, put it in and said, number please, and the subscriber told her what number, told the celebrity what number that she wanted, and we have to collect it by another junction, collect it to that one in holes. So you had you had to be five foot to 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 be allowed to go go into this job, and I thought I wasn't know why, but <laughs> these plugs had to be plugged all over the place, and if you weren't five foot, you were falling over on the ground next to you trying to get in. I suppose. <laughs> The balloon. On the random man. He used to have a man going down the street. He would he'd have a cart and a horse. And the horse would draw the cart and he'd go down up and down the street shouting, I remember this. So do I. Red bone, red bone. And he'd have a load of old rubbish on the back of his cart. And if you had something you wanted to get rid of, your mum probably has had a dump. There weren't dumps to go down. So you'd go out and give it to the red bone man. He'd just take it. Now, Mum's saying if you were lucky, he'd give you a balloon in exchange, which was quite a big deal in those You didn't have any of those, so he'd, get, he'd give you a balloon in exchange for whatever rubbish you wanted to give him. Um, to let I was poor when my husband, when my father came home from the war, and because uh, I, I didn't know who he was, I'd been living with my grandmother and my mother and her aunt. Uh, with the three of us old ladies and it was rather strange to have a man about the house. <laughs> but I quite enjoyed it on the end because he used to take me to the park and places like that. And I stayed with my grandmother until my father came home from the war. Then mother and father had a, rented a, a room or a couple of rooms but they didn't take me with them. They left me with my grandmother. So I didn't live with my own parents until I was 16, 13, and I went to the senior school. I went to a civil service college, actually, because I wanted to get into the um, telephone service. And then when I was uh, 13, I was bound off to my parents, and I had no cousins with me when I'd been living in my grandmother, my aunt had two daughters after me. I was the eldest. My, my elder cousin was two years younger than me, and my younger cousin was three years. Well, when I went to live with mum and dad, they 
went after the war to out to work, both of them, so that they could get money to buy the house. And when they bought the house, uh, I was, as I say, taken into their home. But I didn't like it very much because when I lived in um, with my grandmother, there was buses and and shops and it was lovely. But when I went to live with my parents, it was a new area. They called it Greater London. <laughs> but there were no buses for miles. We had to walk about a mile one way and a mile the other end. They never came up the road where our houses were on. So I had nobody, to, I didn't go to local school, so I had no friends round about. And I didn't have the company of my, my cousins when I was at home. I was current miserable. We walked up the lane and there was all these um, uh, horses or cows. Somebody put their head over the garage, <laughs> over the fence even. And I've never seen cows. I've seen plenty of horses, of course. It was quite a miserable time, but as it is, you get used to everything, don't you? One or two more houses got built in our road, and all I did, although I didn't go to the local school, I got friends with the local children, the local church, I went to Sunday school, which all helped. <coughs> in 1940, I had a boyfriend, of course. Um, in 1940, we got married. That was in July 1940. My, um, my boyfriend had already been called up into the army. He was in the post office, that's where I met him, uh, in the telephone service. <clears throat> but it was 1940, he was called up uh, to go into the army to fight in the new Second World War. My husband was at home for quite a while uh, because he had to do training. He had to learn more so that he could send the signals out to other arrangements for when they were putting in equipment or lines for telephones and that sort of thing. So he was in England for a little while, but not very long. We were married in July, as I say. Um, my grandmother lived quite near where he was stationed, so my, she thought it might be a good idea if I went to live with her while my husband was still in uh, England, because he was going to be shipped abroad. So I went to live with my grandmother again, which was quite nice, and my husband used to have to work during the day, but he'd come over and see me in the evenings and at night. So, um, I got a job while he was at work during the day there. I worked for a firm that used to make uh, air raid shelters and uh, runways. They had they supplied the reinforcement and I had the job of getting the material they wanted and had filling all sorts of forms to the ministry supply. Uh, it was a lot of form making out during the war. Me. But um, then my husband, oh, my husband was still with me, and I, as I say, I was living with my grandmother. Because my aunt by this time had got her own business, she'd got a fruit and vegetable shop, and we lived over the top of this. 
Well, um, unfortunately, um, I had to go into hospital in November for an uh, operation on my tummy. And while I was in the hospital, the hospital was bombed. So I, it was very noisy and bombs were dropping all down and everybody was quite frightened, of course. I pulled up my face, my hands covered my face because you could hear these bombs dropping and all the noise. And suddenly the wall by the side of my bed went down, disappeared. And I was fortunate, having my face here, I've got a scar still there that you can see there. And there, that they were on my face. And in my tummy, I got glass. So I just waited there, I didn't know what to do. And somebody came along and put me on a stretcher and I was moved into another part of the hospital. There were no beds for us, so we had to be shoved on the floor in, in the, on the stretchers. In the corridor, we stayed there all night. Um, Somebody came round to assess all the people that had been wounded and decided, uh, they decided mine was all that um, imperative, so I had to wait till the next morning, but some people had operations straight away. But, and then the next morning, they discovered I'd got glass in my hands and glass in my tummy, so I had to go and have it taken out. And the uh, doctor said to me, I think we'll have to put a little notice on here. This is not appendicitis, <laughs> in case you have an appendicitis operation. We need an operation. What's happened to it? It's already gone. <laughs> anyway, I survived and went home. Well, you can imagine, we had no plastic bags, no tea bags, no electricity, no central heating, no t TV, buses were open topped, you didn't have a cupboard if you went upstairs, but they had like an apron hung on, on the side of the bus there, and you put it across your knees when it rained, so you didn't get too wet, <laughs> or if it was cold too, actually. Uh, some of the um, uh, shops, like butcher shops, they all had um, um, sawdust on the floor. Mm -hmm. I suppose it was to mop up blood from the meat and that sort of thing, but it wasn't very pleasant. But we had no we had no um, theatre, not many theatres anyway. We had silent films then in those days, and they used to be an interval and the somebody played the piano during the interval. Right. I survived um, when um, my husband came home from the war. Um, oh, I, I had to be the telephone service, I've got to tell you this, but when we were there, didn't allow married women to be in there. Don't ask me why, but if you got married, you had to move. I had been in the telephone service for six years and I got what they called me a marriage debt, what they called a marriage debt. You've got a certain amount of money, like a pension I suppose it was really, and 
and it was quite a nice sum, a hundred dollar pound anyway. It paid for the, um, when my husband came home from the war, it paid for us to put deposit down on a new house, so oh. we were lucky. Well, he was uh, abroad, he was in Persia, so he was rather late coming home, but I know he came home at Easter time, the sun was shining, we <laughs> were very happy. About 1946, so Easter 1946. Uh, any questions you want to? Oh, if, if, if any 
last questions before we have a cup of tea? <coughs> Oh yes, that's a, that's a fantastic one. Wait, wait, um, when, when you went on holiday, where did you go? We went to Weymouth. Weymouth? Yes. Mm. We used to have what was called cooking and attendance. Um, my grandmother looked after us. She did the shopping and took it to the landlady. And the landlady cooked it for us. Thank you very much. And down.